And did you know that that um, in the Old Testament that they had a barbecue cook-off? They did. Just to prove who God was, they had a barbecue cook-off. I think they may have, that might have if it had been eastern North Carolina, it would have been a pig cook-off. But these were, these were actually um, bulls rather than pigs. They just, um, I can't imagine Jewish folks having a pig cook-off. But they did have a, they did have a, a, a bull cook-off, nevertheless. If you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, just let me catch you up real, real quickly, and then we'll get to the points for today. We've been looking at the prophet whose name is Elijah. Elijah did exactly what prophets do. Prophets don't always foretell the future. Uh, they're not, uh, prophets are not always fortune tellers. Uh, the name prophet simply means that somebody who speaks for God, somebody who can say, and God said, or thus saith the Lord, if you're a King Jimmy fan. That's, that's what prophets do. Thus saith the Lord. They speak for God. And it just so happens there was a very wicked king named Ahab at the time. The Bible says he was more wicked than all the kings that came before him. He did more things wrong in the eyes of God than all of them put together that were before him. He was such a bad guy. And, um, and so just, I guess, to um, just remind the folks who God really is, God realized that they were worshiping the, the, um, the God called Baal. And so he sent Elijah to go to Ahab to tell him that it wasn't going to rain for three years. And Ahab, of course, um, didn't believe him, but after, I don't know how long it took him, but sooner or later he understood it's not going to rain for three years. And we learn how God takes care of the people who are receptive to what he has for us to say and what he has for us to do today. A couple of weeks ago, we, we, we learned how Elijah went to a widow woman who was not even a believer in God. But God spoke to her and said, there's a man of God coming. And she, she was willing and her heart was open to Elijah coming. And, and, and as long as Elijah was there, she, in the middle of this drought, had enough food um, and water to, uh, for Elijah and her son and herself. Really cool story. It just kind of taught us a lot of lessons. Well, Finally, at the end of the three years has come, and God wants to remind um, Ahab and all of the folks at, um, in Israel that he's the one that turned the spigot off. He's the one that can turn it back on. And so he sends, um, he sends uh, Elijah to go tell Obadiah. But Obadiah is like one of the king's right-hand men. He ran the operation. He was the CEO. But what the Ahab did not know was that Obadiah was also a God-believer. He even hid other God-believers. So when um, Elijah goes to Obadiah and says, go tell the king um, it's going to rain now. And Obadiah said, uh-uh. If I tell the king I saw you and he comes looking for you, he's going to kill me instead of you. It's happened over the past years. Every time somebody would say, I've seen, um, 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 I've seen the prophet, um, and, and instead... He goes to him, and Ahab doesn't kill him because he can't find him. And I am not about to say I have seen Elijah. So Elijah goes to Ahab personally and says, it's going to rain now. You can believe it or not. Well, then Elijah gets the people of Israel together because they've been, they've been worshiping Baal. They've not been worshiping God. In fact, Elijah's the only one around. You can't. You can't really blame him for worshiping Baal. Baal was a lot more fun god. He was the god of fertility so they could have prostitutes in their temples. He was the god of, um, of, uh, of harvest. 
So they just thought all good things came from him, never any bad stuff. So they all worshiped Baal and depended upon the king. And that's what was going on in those times. That brings us up to our scripture today. Where we learned that um, we learned that they can have a barbecue cook-off, and we also learned, or my lovely wife did, learned that uh, my, sar- my, sar- my sarcasm is biblical. That whenever I have sarcasm, that is actually a very biblical thing to do. That in Exodus chapter, um, excuse me, in um, um, chapter 18 of First Kings, chapter 18 of First Kings. If you have your Bible, if you don't. You can look on the screen, or we have pew Bibles. It's the King James Version. I'm reading out of New King James. It should be very, very similar. Here is what, um, here's what the Bible says. Now, remember where we are. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, Follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered no word. Then Elijah said to the prophet, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let's have a cook-off. Let them give us two bulls. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it into pieces, and lay it on the wood. Don't put any fire under it. And I'll prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but I won't put any fire under it. Then you can call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, then he is God. These people who were quiet just a minute ago, all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you get to go first. Choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first for your many, and you can call on the name of your God, but don't put any fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made, and so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, <clears throat> Won't you cry a little bit louder? For maybe you know he's a god. Either he's maybe he's meditating, or he's busy, or maybe he's going on vacation, or perhaps he's taking a nap, and you have to wake him up. So they cried aloud and cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Important verse. But there was no voice, no one answered, and no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, And he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order. And he cut the bull in pieces. And he laid it on the wood. And he said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So much that the water ran all around the altar. 
and he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that you are Lord God, and that you have, not, that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it even licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God for it. I really hope you got all the nuances in, in, in this story because it is so, um, it, it is, it is so powerful. And then, so let me just run over a couple of really quick things, and then, then I'll tell you how it relates to us. In the New Testament days and even to us today, Elijah was, um, was a person who listened to God. And when God gave him something to do, he did it. Okay, it, it didn't make any difference to Elijah if anybody was behind him and there was 450 people in front of him, as was the case. He knew that there was something stirring in his soul that God had put there, and he knew that that's what he had to do. No matter what happened, that's what he had to do. What he had to do, listen, what he had to do was to speak for God and bring the hearts of the people back to God. That's a pretty heavy responsibility, don't you think? For one man and no other God believers. And God said, okay, it's not going to rain, and now I'm ready to bring the hearts of the people back to me again. So you go tell them it's going to rain, and you go tell them that I'm God, and you, you, you just do all these things. And, and Elijah's got this heavy responsibility that if, even if nobody backs him up, he knows God so well that he knows that's where he's supposed to be and that's what he's supposed to do. And so he goes before the people and he begins the turning of the hearts back to the people by asking them a very simple question. How long are you going to go limping or faltering between two opinions? He says to them, what makes you think that you can worship Baal in the way that Baal is worshipped, what makes you think you can believe in him and then claim that you're the people of God? It doesn't work that way. There's only one God. And how long will you go limping or how long will you go faltering back and forth between these two opinions? And then he said, and, and when he asked the people that, what was their answer? And the people were silent. I'll bet they were. And so, listening to God's voice, he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have us a, a, a cook-off. And since there's 450 of you, I'm going to let y'all go first. And you heard the story. We're going to put the bull on the, on the coals, on the wood, meant to say, and we're going to put my bull over here on the wood, and we're going to see which bull God is more tired of. So here it is. They've got their bull over here. You have to listen closely. And he's got his bull over here. And um, 
And so he lets them go first. And they start screaming out. You know, oh, Baal, listen to us. Let please send some fire. And, and nothing happens. And this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Old Testament. It's like, it's like Elijah's going, oh, yeah? Maybe you ought to holler a little bit louder. <coughs> maybe, I mean, I mean, he's a God, right? Maybe he's going on vacation, or maybe he's going to the bathroom, or maybe he's uh, taking a nap. You know, well, why don't you scream a little louder, kind of wake him up a little bit? And so they did. They screamed even louder. Oh, Baal, Baal, send us some fire. And this time, they even in their, um, in their worship services, they would cut themselves, which is not a good reason to be a Baal worshiper, but they cut themselves. And, and so they did that until blood just gushed out of them. And they're screaming and hollering through the noonday worship, and now it's time for the evening worship, and they quit. I don't know exactly how they threw in the towel. I don't know if they did a white, threw in a white towel on it. They said, but I'm guessing what they probably did was they probably said to Elijah, my God decided not to do it. You don't have a God. We're not worried about you. Just because our God couldn't do it, I don't believe your God can either. I'm sure that there's no, um, there was nothing sweet going on in between the two. Like, well, no, it's your turn. No, it's my turn. They just, they just decided, okay, we're done. And this is one of the coolest parts of, of the Scripture to me, um, even for us, even for we who are into sarcasm. This is really one of the neatest parts is that, uh, um, is that um, Elijah um, tells the people, go get some water and pour it on. And they're going, um, water doesn't burn. And he says, I know, go get another bucket. And they're going, uh, Elijah, are you sure? They did it, and he said, go get a third bucket and pour water all over it so much that, that everything is just, just filled up. The trenches are filled up. And they're going, well, I think you probably lost it now, Elijah, but there you go. And then, and then here's what Elijah does. He doesn't do the, oh, Lord, please come down. That's not what he does at all. Because you remember what his, you remember what, what his purpose is? His purpose is to bring the hearts of the people back to God. His purpose is not to prove anything else. It's not to prove how cool he is. It's not to prove even how powerful God is. That's not the whole reason behind this thing. The whole reason behind this thing is to bring the hearts of the people back to God. And so whenever he gets all of his things laid out, and by the way, he's taken an altar that has been destroyed, and he's taken those, those 12 stones because it represents the, the, the tribes of, of Israel. He goes back to what he knows, these older hymns. He goes back to what he knows, the scriptures, and, and he makes, his, and he makes his, uh, his sacrifice on his altar. And then in verse 30, um, he, he has to say this. I had to look at this two or three times to see why he has to say this. He says, it says that Elijah says to all the people, come near to me. I'm thinking the reason he has to say that is because they pretty much backed way off when, when Baal didn't show up. Uh, they're like, uh, maybe we need to sit up underneath this fan. Is this fixing to die? And, and so you, they're like, not near. And he says, come here just a second. Just come near to me. Verse 30. So all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Watch this, he said. This is how it's done. 
and he took the 12 stones, and he made his altar. And then um, after all of that, Elijah, um, 36, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near, and here's what he said. He said, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. He just had a very simple, simple prayer. And he prayed, God, let them folks know that this is not about me. I'm just a servant. But I've got this burning fire in my heart that you can transfer right over there. Because I'm, I, want the people, I want the people of God, your people, to come back to you. I, I, I want it, and I know that you want it. And this is the way you've chosen for us to do it. I, God, let those folks know that when this happens, not if, when this happens, it's going to be all about you. It's not going to be all about me. I'm just your servant. Remind them. And let's see what happens. This is all I'm going to do is just do what you tell me to do. And whenever he said the prayer, the fire came down. Didn't just lick up the, the bull. And it didn't just lick up the, the water. It licked up the sand. The fire just got it all. And then those people who just a few minutes earlier had no answer suddenly had an answer. Did you hear it? Suddenly all the people together started saying, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And you just want to walk out there and slap every one of them, don't you? The Lord has always been God. He got you through all the stuff. He got you out of Egypt. He's done all these blessings for you. He's always been God. And now, all of a sudden, you know, you get to see and it hits you again. Jimmy Vilson said in Sunday school class something that was very interesting. He told a story about how, how he had almost forgotten where his hope came from. He was having some heart problems and he was waiting on the doctor. And, and, he, was, and he was almost forgot where his hope came from. And, and I, I'm just praying and thinking that's these people. It's not, they were still God's people. Not that they were bad people. They just forgot where the hope came from because the world got all in their way. I want to just ask you, church, can you relate? Can you relate? Can, can, is there something that God has called you to do today or is going to call you to do tomorrow? Is there something God called you to do five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and you just haven't done it? Is there some way burning down deep in your heart that you can change just one person's heart or that God can change it through you? It's better to say. Is there something burning in your heart? If this church just had this, if, if, if I could just lead this, then somebody's heart would be turned back to God. There is something in everybody's heart. There is this, there is this cross in everybody's heart that, that God burns. So what is that one thing that if you were like Elijah and you look back and nobody was following you, you'd say, I'm going to do it anyway because that's what God told me to do. I ask you that question. What is this one thing? Because I want to ask you the next question. Why haven't you done it? 
What is your hesitation? I can just tell you that the devil only has one trick. He uses it 37 different ways. But all the way back to the Garden of Eden, when the devil had Adam and Eve doubt, and then when he had Jesus um, in the wilderness, and all he wanted to do was have Jesus doubt this is the way it was supposed to happen. But my guess is every time you begin to do that thing that's burning in your soul, doubt gets in the way. I got to share this with you because I believe God wants us to hear it. I really do. And I try to, I, I try to only share this stuff with me personally um, so you won't get tired of hearing about the story. But, but I've had scans that weren't all that great. I've never, I do not doubt the Lord. I've never doubted the Lord. I know who's in control. I know who's in charge. I've never, never wondered about that. But I've had pains. And so if my scans are not good, and if I had pains, Susan, then it's kind of like maybe God wants for me to go on to heaven. And that's not what I would prefer. But maybe God is not going to let me go through this journey. And I just prayed. I just, I just kept praying, God, I, I do trust you. I just need, I just need a, a nudge. I just need just a little nudge because you know what I've got in my mind? It's doubt. And so um, Saturday was my birthday. If you missed it, I'm still taking cards and gifts. <laughs> Saturday was my birthday, and so Saturday morning I woke up, and my pain usually ranges between you know, a two, three, always there up until a nine, and once in a while... Diane has to take me to the doctor and it's a 10. And I got up on my birthday on Saturday, and for the first time in months and months and months, my pain was zero. I didn't even know it was there. And all day long on my birthday yesterday, my pain was zero. And we had just a wonderful time with my family. I wanted to personally email you, Sue, because I never email Sue any good news. And guess what? This morning, God has given me that same pain rage of zero. Amen. Yeah, let's give him praise and glory. The same thing he did with Elijah. He said, okay, don't, you know what, Jerry, I know that you're going to preach. If nobody's behind you, you're going to try to bring the hearts of the people back to God. He knows that, that, that I, I stay awake at night because people, not because people are not healed. I want that too because they don't know the Lord the way, the way that God wants you to know it. So let me just close with this. This morning, this um, this incident that we have um, that we have shared together from First Kings happened thousands of years ago, and when it was time, God said to the people, "It's your move." They were floundering about, and God lit the fire, and when He did that, it was strictly up to the people to decide. Is God the Lord God, or is Baal God? It's your move. Several thousand years later, God sent his son Jesus because there's no other way in which we can be redeemed. There's no other way in which we can get to heaven. There's no other way in which we can know all the characteristics of God. And he sent Jesus, and Jesus um, uh, Jesus healed, and he taught, and, and, he, and, he, and he talked to the people for three and a half years, and he said to the people, it's your move. 
and they hung him on a cross. When he said, it's your move, they hung him on a cross. A couple of thousand years later, which is today, God does the same thing that he did in the Old Testament. He does the same thing that he did in the New Testament. He offers us Jesus. He offers us doubt-free times. He offers us peace beyond understanding. He offers us grace so that I am redeemed. And I'm going to mess up again, and I'm still redeemed because of the blood of the cross. Oh, the cross where Jesus died. All the way back from the Old Testament to the New to today, God's still asking the very same question of me and of you. It's your move. Lord, let it begin with Jerry. We're going to have a prayer time, but um, Jason and, and Jamie, if you will go ahead and let's do our final song and People can come to the altar, and then at the end of that time, I'll, um, I'll read the names. So what I'm trying to say is this altar is open to you this morning. If, you're, if you've been struggling with some doubt or God has uh, just been working in your life and you need to know, then, then this altar is open. If, you need to know, if, you're, if you've been floundering, now's the time to stop floundering. If, you just, if you're a good Christian person, but you just can't keep going between two opinions today is the day that God can set your heart on fire just as much as he did then you can come to the altar and pray by yourself between you and God and I won't bother you but if you want me to pray with you if you'll just give me a sign I'll be glad to do that let's stand for our closing song the end of the closing song then we'll have some outspoken prayer requests some written prayer requests